I invite you tonight to step into the Spirit. I pray in the name of Jesus that the cords connecting you to this earth and to your mind are severed. That you meet him spirit to spirit tonight. And that you will be drawn up into seated in heavenly places and you will hear his heart in a way you've never heard it before. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The things that he has whispered to share tonight, I don't know how to share. I don't know how to say. And I certainly don't know how to skinny it up for one meeting. And so I pray that he will give me the words to say and that you will catch it in your spirit for he is sowing many seeds of the kingdom tonight. And because you are all in different places on your journey, it may be you all hear different things. But I believe he's pulling back the veil of his heart tonight and wanting you to see with crystal clarity from Genesis to Revelations and to know his heart. Because he knew the end from the beginning, from the very first book of Genesis, he lays out his heart. And for those with eyes to see, you see the beginning of everything from the gospel and everything all the way to the end of Revelations and to the eternity of eternities. You see the relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he's opening his heart and he's giving you an intimate look into their relationship and their oneness and how they flow with one another. That the Father is the one who sees the plans and the strategies and he envisions it. And then he releases the word from heaven's atmosphere into the earth's atmosphere. And then the Spirit hovers over that word to perform it. And in Genesis 1, he releases the word light be. He already saw it in his mind. He saw it completed. The word saw it completed. And then the Holy Spirit makes it so on the earth. And they said, hmm, that's good. Evening, morning, second day. Evening, morning, third day. Evening, morning, fourth day. Evening, morning, fifth day. But then they changed it. It doesn't show in our English, but it does in the Hebrew. It's just evening, morning, first day, evening, morning, second day. But after, when they made humanity, they said, evening and morning, this is the sixth day. This is the seed. This, this is the day. This is the day we were working up to. This is the seed for the father's bride. And this is the seed for the son's bride. And the sixth day. And on the seventh day, they gathered with the seed of the father's bride and the seed of the son's bride. And they fellowshiped and enjoyed each other. And, and they said, this is what we call holy. Holy. 
when you meet face to face with me. That's, that's holy. And they looked and they looked for someone to carry the blessing after the Garden of Eden. And finally they find Abraham and Abraham can carry the blessing and that's another whole story. But because Abraham and God were friends, God came to Abraham as a friend and said, you're going to be a blessing to all nations, son. All nations will be blessed because of you, son. But I I want you to know, your descendants will be in Egypt for 430 days. Then when we go over 430 days, in Exodus 12, Moses and Aaron have been releasing the plagues. The Passover lamb, the blood has been on, and the Holy Spirit says this, that they left in haste, and so their bread didn't have time to rise. And then he puts another tag in there, and he says, and they had not prepared for the journey. In other words, they were so oppressed with a slavery mindset, even though Moses and Aaron kept saying, we're getting out of here, we're getting out of here. Not one person prepared one thing. And then it said, and they left on the very day that the 430 years was fulfilled. He tells Abraham, 430 years, on the exact day they walk out. They're not that different from us. They have minds. They've been in slavery all their lives. It's all they know. They were told what to eat, what to wear, what to do, when to get up, when to go to bed. They had no free will and they had no say-so. So they couldn't possibly dream of leaving there. They, They had never experienced anything else. And like most of us, it's hard for us to imagine and dream and have the faith for things that we have not seen. Because sometimes we're still learning how to come out of a slavery mindset ourselves. And so God is stooping low, and and he tells Moses, now Moses, when we take them out of Egypt, we're going to go this way, because if they go this way, they're going to run into a battle, and they're not ready for that. And he says, "Let's, let's not go that way. Let's go this way. And you know the story. Some say it was 250,000, some say up to 2 million people, but may the Holy Spirit help you envision that it is just hordes and hordes of people. But Psalm 105 says that after a lifetime of slavery, they came out and not one person was weak. In other words, that entire nation was healed in a day of every sickness, every soreness, They came out with wealth. A whole nation was birthed, healed, delivered in a day. And they're walking, but they still have that fearful mindset that comes from trauma. And they come, and there's the Red Sea. And now they can look and they see Pharaoh coming. And... 
God tells Moses, this is what I'm going to do, son. The angel of the Lord that's been going before you, I'm now going to put him at your rear guard. And my presence, that cloud by day, pillar by night, I'm going to move it so it's not in front of you. It's behind you. And anyone knowing covenant, what he was saying is, you are here, your enemy is there, that's my stance. And he says to the children of Israel, the battle is mine, just be still. And it's like that the way you talk to a little baby, it's all right, shh, just be still, shh, it's okay baby, Papa's got you, shh. So they walk through. Can you imagine the amazement? They're walking through, and they see the sea, and there's a wall of water on each side. And they're walking, and and soon as they get to the other side, the waters swallow up their enemy. And for the first time in how many generations, they begin to sing and dance. They praise him. And the father is wooing his bride. He's saying, did you, did you see me? I took care of all those lesser gods. Did you see me, baby? I took care of the enemy. Now, I don't want to scare you, but I want to start showing you how powerful I am. Not just ten little baby plagues. And so he opens up the sea. And now because you see the father and the son are just perfect love together, the father just can't woo his bride without giving them hints about his son coming. And so... Three days after they're singing and dancing, they're thirsty and they come to water and it's bitter. And he tells Moses, if you take that branch from a tree and put it in those bitter waters, it will heal. He's speaking about the tree of his son healing bitter waters. Bitter, living waters that were not living when you got them. You were taught legalism and slavery. And he's healing it. And then, he said, we're hungry. And bread comes down from heaven. And then they're thirsty. And he said, now take that piece of wood and connect it with the rock. And watch the living water come out the rock 49 days exactly between when they walk out of Egypt and when they stand at the foot of Mount Sinai and in 49 days I can't fathom this these traumatized people have seen waters open and part and waters made fresh and bread and quail come down from heaven and water from a rock and they're seeing this cloud by day and fire by night and he's just going 
I can love you. Do you see me? I got you. And they, they get to Mount Sinai. And remember, the Father has the plan. He sees the end from the beginning. And the Word speaks it. And because the Word is perfect, faith, he calls that which is not as though it is. And he sees it finished. And it's the Holy Spirit's job, come into the earth and make it so. Come into the earth and make it so. And so now the Father comes and he pulls back the veil of his heart. And he says, Moses, I want you to tell the people this. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You saw how I bore you on eagles' wings, and I brought you to myself. This is in Exodus 19. Now, if you'll obey my voice, and keep my covenant, my marriage covenant that I'm about to share with you. You will be my treasured possession among all peoples. And for all the earth is mine. You will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation to me. He's talking to slaves who are still not sure who, who I am, you know. And he's speaking identity into them going, trust me. I see who you really are. You're a treasure to me. You're a treasure. Among all the people on the face of the earth, you are the one that is my treasured people above all other cultures and people. And you will be a kingdom of priests for me. They then spend the next three days cleaning themselves, sanctifying, preparing to be at Mount Sinai. They have no idea what's going to be there. Sometimes you see things in the spirit, and sometimes you don't have a clue how to explain it, to be very honest. But in the Hebrew, it says they saw his voice. In the English, it's translated there was lightning and thunder. But they saw his voice. Now, I want to show you something in the natural so that you can maybe make the leap to the spirit. Let me show you this picture. Because I, I, I think this is important. This first picture is a lightning strike. Now, what happens is light obviously moves at the speed of light. And when it surges through the Earth's atmosphere, it cuts it wide open. And to use spiritual terms, it creates a portal from heaven to Earth. It cuts it wide open, and the clouds split. And because sound moves slower than light, we then hear the sound of the clouds being pushing back and bumping into each other. But if you could see it, 
thunder has color like that. The blues and the golds and the reds. And Now that's one tiny bolt of lightning and one tiny little sound of thunder. Can you imagine the voice of the Most High God coming and it's coming through Earth's atmosphere and it would have been more lightning strikes, if you will, more cutting of the heavens and open portals and thunder than it had ever been before. It would have disrupted the molecular structure of the atmosphere and they would have seen the shaking and they would have seen the colors. Just in case you doubt it. The next picture. Anybody in here old enough to remember when they broke the sound barrier? That's what it looked like. That's one baby jet. What did it look like in the atmosphere when the father speaks and all of a sudden Moving at the speed of light, the clouds are part of the atmosphere, the ripples, the colors. And they saw his voice. Possessor of heaven and earth displayed his power because now the possessor of heaven and earth, who has been displaying his power, comes tenderly and very tenderly, and they know what he's doing, he's proposing to them. Those who don't understand call it the law. It's usually Westerners who do that, to be honest. It's not the law. We make the law sound like it's something ugly because we don't know. Our people perish because lack of knowledge. It was not the law. He pulls back his heart and he says, I want to tell you how I want to love you. And I want us to be in oneness forever. And at that point, there were no code of ethics in any tribe, clan, or nation on the face of the earth. He said, I want to show you how to live so you can flourish in this earth. And I can be yours, and you can be mine. And, and here are some things that will draw us closer together. And he goes through all of these guidelines down to the details of, of now, you're, you're going to be my bride. I want you to be healthy, so eat these foods. And if you get this kind of skin rash, let me diagnose it for you and tell you what to do. And if a foreigner comes in your midst, this is how we treat them. Let me show you how we flow in all realms of life from Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He's going, this is the way. We bless the earth together. This is the way I, your husband, am welcomed down. 
It's beautiful. It's stunning. Stunning. This is Shavuot. This is Pentecost. It's the Father kneeling to say, I want to love you in every realm of life. But I want you to know I have power. I have power, power, power. Power, power, power. But just like us, it was hard for them to believe. So even in the day of Hosea, he still, Hosea chapter 3, I will draw her, and I will bring her to the wilderness, and I will speak tenderly to her. I will give her vineyards and make the valley of her tears a door of hope. And in that day, declares the Lord, you will not call me my God, my Lord. You will call me my husband. I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice and steadfast love and mercy I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know me. This is the Father kneeling. I will wait for you. However long it takes you, O Israel, I will wait for you. And then the appointed time came. Because the father had a strong bride. He has never, ever had one day since Mount Sinai that he did not have a bride in this earth. There have always been a remnant. Always. Though the most persecuted of all people, they've always had a remnant. The father has never been without a bride. And so now in his heart, he's like, my son, it's, it's time for your bride. And so he has a plan. And in, instead of speaking the word, he puts the word in flesh and sends Jesus to earth. And Jesus says, I'm the manna from heaven. I'm the manna from heaven. At the cross, I will birth the living waters for you. And he even makes a reference back to the father. When the father is wooing the bride, he spends most of that long marriage covenant saying, let's build a house together. Let's build a house together. The tabernacle, and Jesus is getting ready to leave, and he said, this time you built the house for the Father in the earth. I'm going to go build a house for you. And this time the Holy Spirit has come upon Jesus at the baptism, and now we see the voice differently. 
We don't see lightning and thunder. We see him going to the leper and going, oh, I'm willing, be healed. To the father whose son is demonically possessed, it's okay, I've got this. I've got this, it's okay, I'll heal. Oh, Peter, you can't pay your taxes? I got this, son, it's all right. And he goes to the cross. And the lamb's blood for Passover is fulfilled yet again. And, and now a new journey begins for anyone who believes. He ascends. And they go into the upper room. They know when it is. They're Jews. They know. All they know is we're waiting. And we know on these days, the Father spoke and our ancestors saw the voice and the lightnings and the thunders and we, what's going to happen? And they sit there in oneness and praying. And Acts 2 says there was a rushing wind. And a bolt of fire comes into the room. And in the Greek, it is it came in as one blast. It was cloven like a hoof that's all one and then splits at the end. It came as one blast of fire. They could see the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then it split off and they saw it go on everybody in the room. It, it wasn't to a nation this time. It wasn't up in the atmosphere. Now it was in the earth, and now it was inside of them. In the beginning, the Father had the plan. He knew what the finished product of the earth would look like. He released his word day by day, and the word was in full confidence. The word knew what each day would bring forth, and the Holy Spirit was there hovering to make it so in the earth's atmosphere. The father knows what his son's bride looks like. And the father does not break his own guidelines. And it says, do not be unequally yoked. And so Jesus sees you by faith. Sees that which is not as though it is. And in order for him to love you and have permission of the Father to love you so that you are equally yoked with him, he sees you as the righteousness of Christ. He sees you as you shall be at the marriage feast of the Lamb. Get that and shame will never have you again. Legalism will crumble at your feet. Less than and all of those demonic things in the church and in the world stand powerless. Your Savior sees you as you shall be at the marriage feast of the Lamb. 
He sees you as pure and holy, and he wants you to see yourself that way. And the Holy Spirit, he's doing what he did in Genesis. He's hovering over us inside. To day by day close the gap of who we are and who we are called to be. You see, dear ones, sometimes we will say, oh, Pentecost, that's when we started speaking in tongues. Yes and no. Pentecost is when the fire of the Holy Spirit connected us with our bridegroom, spirit to spirit. Dear ones, understand Tongues is the language of the bridegroom. Don't see it as other languages and other tongues because that separates it from you. When you're speaking in tongues, you are speaking the heart of your bridegroom at moments. It's a beautiful thing. It's a pure thing. It's it's a love language. Like sometimes, you know how husbands and wives will have a special look. They can, you ever been to dinner with a husband and wife and the conversation's going, and if you observe it, you'll see them give each other a look and you know they're communicating? Or they have special names for each other or signals, you know what I'm saying? Tongues is your special language with your bridegroom. And when you speak in tongues, he's preparing your spirit more and more to speak his language when you're not speaking in tongues, when you're speaking English. He's pouring the mysteries in you, and he's letting you agree with his prayer, and he's teaching you. And You see, Pentecost for the Father who is saying, will you marry me forever? And I see you. I know you're going to wander, but I choose you. And he chose Israel. And out of the father in Israel was the birth canal for the son. And now the son says, I choose you. I see you as you will be at the marriage feast of the lamb. And I refuse any other view of you. And when you tell me about yourself, I don't listen. Because I have chosen to see you as you shall be at the marriage feast of the Lamb. But when you share your problems with me and the Father, we listen and we channel it right to the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because he's the one in the earth to hover over the word and make it so. He's the one helping you. There is so much more to say, but I know I've got to close it down. But let me say this to you. If you don't remember anything else, remember. If you still have breath, the Father has a plan for you that is all good.
And if you have voices from other people or in your head that sometimes tell you you're this, you're this, or you should do this better, or you should do that better, or maybe I'm this, or maybe I'm that, just realize it's not him. Because he sees you as you shall be at the marriage feast of the Lamb. And the Holy Spirit is your helper. He's your counselor. Pentecost brought him to be inside of you so that you can stand equally yoked because the righteousness of Christ is upon you. It is a grace gift. If you try to understand it in your mind, you'll think this is a nice teaching. If it gets in your spirit, you'll never be the same. You'll never look at yourself the same. And you'll never look at anybody else the same. And you'll never look at the Holy Spirit the same. They're all kneeling. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because they just want you to come in to eternal love relationship with them. And together to love and heal this world. You're his beloved. Father, I praise you. Your ways are higher than ours. Your heart is so great. Oh, Holy Spirit, be that lightning bolt and open us up to receive the simplicity and yet the infinite power of your love. Father, in the name of your Son, I take authority over every dark spirit, and I don't really care what their names are in this room, that may be against or on or in this people. You know them, my husband. And in your name, Jesus, I cut off all power of Satan. And I command those dark spirits of perfectionism and legalism and every ism. I cut off your life force and say, get out of his bride. Get out of his bride. And every voice and every hindrance that would draw you into your mind or into anything except utter awe and wonder, he sees you as perfect. We send that voice to the Lord and let the Lord rebuke you. Holy Spirit, saturate this people with a miracle, the truest, highest sign and wonder. We, we are his beloved. There is no greater sign and wonder. We are his beloved.